All right then, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my goodness, it's episode 188. I think it's episode 188, and I'm enjoying a nice cold cerveza here in the poditorium at my house. Let me take a quick sip. Mmm. I hope you're doing the same, or I hope you're at the gym, cranking it up. Listen, uh, it's been a little while, as, as it sometimes is with us, you and I, but I don't... I refrain. I refrain from pod chatting with you because uh, because I'm not feeling up to it. You know, I'm just under the weather. Been a little, oh, I don't know, down in the down in the dumps. I started the year off a little bit depressed, but I'm I'm coming back around now. Uh, pretty pretty. It's exciting times. It's a it's a, these are interesting times to be uh, an American person. That's what we're about to have. <laughs> uh, this this is going to be the kookiest American president since I've been a person. Uh, I can safely say that. And I think when I started out, uh, there was some time when when Nixon was the president. So there you go. What about that? What about that? I was alive when he resigned. But this is going to be, this is kookier. Maybe not terribler, but uh, kookier. We'll see. We'll see. Terribler or not terribler. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm trying not to worry about what's going to be terrible and what's not until it starts to be terrible or not. But... That's easier said than done, and that's why I haven't been chatting with you for a while. Anyway, that's not all related to the president. Some of it's just really – I'm sure there's some kind of imbalance with me and my hormones. Not the testosterone. That is 100 percent. That's working for me. But some of those other hormones, the lesser known ones, not not the lady ones. I don't, are there only male and lady hormones? I don't think so. I think there's some other – there's some other moody hormones that you don't really know about. But uh, I'm trying to exercise. I'm trying to stay positive. Um I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good. This is episode 188. It's January 2017. Um, let me let me tell you where I'm going to be because I know that you want to know, and uh, there is a, there is an answer to that question. But but where is it? How how do I point? How do I point to it? How do I point to it and show you and tell you about where I'm going to be? Well, let's see if I know. I don't I don't really know. Oh, I know how to do it. I have to look at the calendar. Hey, I'm coming up to Indianapolis, January 26th through the 28th. That's Indianapolis, Indiana at Morty's Comedy Joint. And that's a fun place. And it's in a new location since the last time I was there. So please figure out where that is um, at the same time that I'm figuring it out. And I'll see you there. And then in March, I'm going to be in Denver, the Comedy Works, March 2nd through 4th at Denver South, the Comedy Works. And then I'm going to be in um, Minneapolis at Acme Comedy Club, that's February 8th through 11, and then the next week, man, I'm going to be in, sh- starting the 12th of February, I'm going to be in Charlotte, then the 13th in Atlanta, then the 14th in Birmingham, the 15th in Huntsville, and then finally the 16th in Nashville, Tennessee. So that's uh, that's that's a tour of the South for me, and uh, I, I like the South. The South is... <laughs> <laughs> the people down there it's like a whole other country i re- i always have a great time um but i but i don't i need the people who want to come and see me to please come and see me cuz sometimes the other people are a little bit surprised that i'm there um if that makes any sense and uh, i don't know why am i i don't want to be let's just let's just put it this way i need i'm i need your help i'm calling this is the, this is the bat signal charlotte atlanta birmingham huntsville nashville um, please uh, check your clock. I don't even have this stuff on my website. All of these dates I've just said, this is where you find them because I haven't put them on my website. Why? 
been depressed, tax, you got to get your all your tax stuff. I wasn't expecting that the first of the year. How could I not have been expecting that? But I forget. It's a whole year goes by, and I think, oh, we have until March, April before we have to worry about that. But no, your accountant gets you, and not your accountant, my accountant, ladies and gentlemen, that's who I really have to worry about, says, look, you got to get your tax, you got to get your shit together and send it to me, pronto, tanto. And so I do that instead of putting these dates on my website. In fact, I didn't realize all these great places that I'm going, that uh, Denver, Acme, Minneapolis, and uh, not, and Morty's in India, Morty's in India. Indianapolis, Minneapolis and Indianapolis. That got me confused. When I heard the ends of those coming out of my mouth just now, it was a little bit confusing. Anyway, let's get on with this episode because I have a great guest this week. It's someone that I met last year at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in Melbourne, Australia. But, or and, or surprisingly, I don't know what the right uh, connector conjunction is there. Uh, she's an American. Her name is Sarah Schaefer, and uh, she is uh, younger than me. <laughs> Surprise. Everybody's younger than me except for my mom. Um, she ha- She's done a lot of stuff. I only found out right before she came over. I happened to Google her, and then I read her Wikipedia page, and I thought, boy, this, it turns out this is really a, this is really a catch of a guest for me. Um, she's been on EVH1 Fuse. Uh, she won two Emmys. That's two Emmys, that's the same amount of nipples that you have. She won two Emmys for as a writer for the Jimmy Fallon Show, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, and uh, that's two more Emmys than I have, BTW. Um, and also, she has been on Best Week Ever on VH1, and she's written for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. We talk a little bit about that. She had a podcast with Nikki uh, Glazer, and uh, we talk about that. So she has done a lot of cool things, and I really enjoyed having her. She came over to the house. We podcasted. She injured her. She twisted her ankle, so she was on crutches. And so it, against against the odds, she battled against the odds to have her, her boyfriend bring her over and talk. And then we went to lunch, and that was great, too. That that doesn't appear on this podcast. But I'm just telling you, uh, not only do I talk to people, I also eat lunch with them. And uh, I look forward to eating lunch with you someday, ladies and gentlemen. If if you come to one of these places, you happen to, if you can figure out where I am, I'll eat lunch with you in the same room. We're not, maybe we're not going to sit at the same table. I don't want to get this. I don't want to make this creepy right away, because uh, at the beginning of this conversation, Sarah tells a story about about a somebody creepy person that she met through her podcast, and uh, not creepy, maybe misguided, maybe lonely. You know, I don't want to. Who's to judge? But just please, let's all keep our distance until invited to come closer. That's good advice now or in any kind of situation. I'm talking to you, Donald Trump. Let's cool it on the pussy grabbing. Uh, Okay. I didn't want to... Look, I promise you that Sarah and I do not talk about Donald Trump until the very end, and I think it's my fault. All right. Look, it's time. It's time we got on with this podcast. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Schaefer. So you had a podcast, though, right? Yeah. That's what I saw on yeah. the internet when I did my... I had a, I've had a couple. And what happened? Uh, well, the first one was with Nikki Glazer. Yes. And that was like our big... Uh, that was a big podcast for us. Um, 
and it was just us talking. But the mm -hmm. one thing that was different was we had a little audience. Like we had people come over and sit in my living room. And so oh, nice. There would be laughter and it just made it really fun. And Who were the people though? Uh, Do you let strangers well, come to your living room? Well, so we had friends coming at first, but the friends started getting bored, you know, wouldn't want to yeah. come every time. So, and we had been building a fan base at that point. So we were like, look, if you live in the area and you want to come, you can come, but we'll do like a screening over email to make sure you're not crazy. So we did that. How did and, that, how, how does, how did you do that? Well, just like, just right back and forth, like a couple of questions, like, you know, how'd you get into the pot? Like just to get a sense of who they were, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. maybe see their Facebook or whatever. And, um, we got some strangers on our list, um, and that were all very, they were all extremely nice. And like, some of them are now friends. Mm -hmm. Um, but there was one person who ruined it for everyone, um, oh. who became obsessed and like really creepy. And, uh, I learned a big lesson there. Like, don't, um, don't let strangers into your home. Yeah, that's the one that they always say. I was, it's the reason I was asking is because It I, had to be a friend. At that point, we're, we're like, you can only be on the list if, you're, if you know someone who we know. Like, we have to have a direct link to you somehow. Like, it can't just be a random person. And was it a creepy man thing? It was a creepy man thing. And when, yeah. we, um, when we stopped, I took him off the list. Uh, and I guess it was interesting a few podcasts later, like where he would have realized that he had not been invited anymore. <laughs> because, oh, this is still happening. And I'm I not started going. getting uh -huh. um, someone set up a fake Twitter account to harass me. Um, and it was really oh nasty, gosh. like really personal, nasty stuff. And it took a while to figure out, oh, it's him. Because we did the timing and we started looking like my boyfriend went into like investigator mode and we figured out that it was him. This boyfriend who just dropped yeah, you Scott. off, Scott. Uh, we figured out that it was him and we confronted him over email because we did all this research. Like if someone from your real life is cyber harassing you um, anonymously and you figure out it's someone from your real life, it's because they're afraid of actual confrontation they're not a stalker. That's a they're not, different. They're not. It's not. It's not um, because they're a, they're trying to secretly. Right. They're not trying to get some you. Terrible thing to you. They're they're they can't. They don't have the skills to have a direct conversation to say, "Hey, that hurt my feelings." So they're doing this to try and hurt you, but they don't want to actually have a confrontation. And so we're That's reading all this though. literature yeah. about like how to deal with a cyber bully, and they're like, if it's someone from your real life the quickest way to make it stop is to confront them because that's their biggest fear. They don't want to have a real confrontation. So uh -huh. he, Scott emailed him on my behalf, on Nikki and I's behalf and said, you know, we know that and he, he used very intimidating language. He was like, we know this is you. We've contacted the police. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> um, what you're doing is illegal, which is true. It's illegal to cyber bully someone, but, um, uh, you know, and if you ever contact or show up at a show of Nikki or Sarah again, we will escalate this. And um, he, it stopped. That's good. Never heard from him again. It worked. That's good. 
Uh, but it was really scary. It was like for a minute there. Cause I was like, once I realized it was him, I was like, he knows where I live. Like, yeah, what yeah. is, how crazy is this guy? Like, well, that's the danger you know, of having people come in your house. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> never again. Will I do that? Now I, I keep a lower, no, I've thought about it. Private profile. It's, it's weird because I've had positive experiences with fans and I'm from a time of show business. So like I started when there wasn't all these ways for people to, yeah. to contact you and connect where you couldn't, ha you could, there's so many safe interactions you can have with your fans yeah. now yeah. Um, that where they, where you're not vulnerable. I mean, mm -hmm. they can say terrible things, but you're not yeah. super vulnerable that then you're tempted to go, well, Hey, maybe we're living in a world where everybody's nice, but they're, but they're yeah. not. Yeah. Now I'm afraid of more afraid of like the, um, the, now I feel like we're in an age. I, I'm uh, now. This is a few years later. Now I'm more political on Twitter. Twitter has become more of a like a cultural war, and uh -huh. I get in a lot of fights with people. Not not a lot. Now see, this is a thing. Okay, people look. think that I fight constantly, and I'm like, you don't understand. I'm engaging one out of fifty. Like I'm ignoring an mm -hmm. enormous. I I I, <laughs> I just, just did you just look at my Twitter? It's funny Twitter? because I just before you came over, so I googled you because I'm like, oh, I know you and yeah. I know you're funny and you did my show and I like yeah. you and so I can talk to people. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe I should just look you up. So yeah. I found out, oh, you've won two Emmys. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, you're not very good with money. I found that out. Better now, much better now with that's money. That's good. And uh, and you will get an a protracted mm. confrontational uh, yeah. conversation. Well, not yeah. really confrontational, just where you're, yeah. you're both standing your ground with a guy who's got 128 followers. Yeah, I will, um, you know, I read all these articles after the election that we're supposed to reach out to the uh, working class white person. Who so, we are, we are. Yeah, we're, well, I, I, I'm including, I'm saying we as in liberals are supposed to be reaching out to the other side to understand their needs. So that's what I'm doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, um, I actually, my, when I choose to interact with someone, I usually make a few quick checks before I respond. I look at their profile. If they're a neo-Nazi or they're actually like violently harassing me, I, I ignore or block. If I can, if I think that Twitter actually would take down their account, I'll report them. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of have learned like what, what is needed to for that to happen? Uh -huh. um, I will. <laughs> have you had people take? You, off they Twitter? have to really be doing very uh -huh. disgusting racist stuff for Twitter to take them down. Um, so I'll report a, a neo-Nazi that's like you know saying bigoted, like harassing, violent, threatful, threat, threat, violent threats. Um, I won't engage with those people because they don't deserve even a second of my attention. You're giving them attention, right? right. Well, and that's what a lot of them right. want. And, but if it's a guy, it's almost, I would say, 99.999% of the time, it's a man um, or a boy of some kind. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will engage if... My MO is to just be as blunt, but as non-emotional um, like, as possible. Like, emotionless response. Like, what did you mean by that? And I find that I, I like to kind of just play it really straightforward with people because I don't, I'm not, I, I just kind of want them to hang themselves a little and at least there's a tiny public record of like how stupid they are. Uh-huh. You know, like, cause I'll just be like, no, what do you mean by that? No, really? Well, 
I didn't say that. So what are you upset about? Like, I, I'll just sort of draw them out a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I try not to be unkind, but sometimes I will flip and just, usually my go-to is just like, you are so stupid. Like I put a lot of those. <laughs> Um, I, I don't mind, you know, I... Is it, doesn't I, it take it out of you though? I mean, that's, that's my... No, that's I know it's own. energy, emotional energy I'm putting into stuff, but when I'm getting a lot, I feel there's a sort of release to just have a short conversation with someone, um, to just, it just sort of makes me feel a little bit better, like a little more control. Um, but I will say I... On Twitter, I have watched other people have fights and conversations with people that they disagree with. And I have learned so much from reading those conversations that in some cases I'm having a conversation so that knowing my other my followers will read it and learn, you know, maybe in your real life how to have a conversation with someone that you disagree with. Mm -hmm. Or not that I know everything, but I just think I actually do do not mind dialogue about this stuff. You know, um, I'm never gonna call you a name for no reason. Like, I, for no reason. Like, I'm not gonna just come to you and be like, "You're a cunt." Like, I'm not gonna do that. Um, but people do do that, and then they kind of lose their ability. Like, once you do that, you lose well, all it's, credibility. You've had a temper tantrum. It's like you yeah. broke. It's like you smash. Mm -hmm. You're having a conversation. You get so mad that you knock over your. You smash yeah. your glass on the floor. Yeah. It's like, well, you just nuked this conversation. We can't yeah. talk anymore. Yeah, now. and you know, I, um, I have a complicated relationship with Twitter where sometimes I really think it's a negative force in my life, and then other times I think it's positive. Um, I've thought about quitting Twitter many, many times. I've had people do it for me at times. I've taken breaks from it. I've done everything. It's interesting because I, I, I'm trying to figure out how to be on all these things mm. and then I just kind of vanish and I do a lot of, I'll read things mm. and then if I see something, I'll, I'll say, yeah. say something about it. But I'm always trying to, I'm only yeah. trying to do that with things that I agree with or that I, that I have a little joke that then, hey, this is my joke, but also yeah. check out this other person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, because I feel like that, that the confrontation stuff just can get so... It really can. I try not to do go too far into it, but there was one guy last week that I just, I went, I mean, for hours I was fighting with this guy. I rarely really? would go that deep. I mean, it was dozens of tweets, like, because he was such, he was, I was having fun. I was literally, like, I was laughing my ass off about this kid mm -hmm. who kept talking about how smart he was. Like, I went to Exeter, I graduated at Exeter at 15, Harvard at 18, UNC Law School at 21. I'm smarter than you. Like, he just was saying, but he kept re referencing his mom. My mom's a neurosurgeon. Like, I mean, it was so, he was so immature. So I was like, you know, part of me was like, you're young. Like, one day, I was being very kind to him. I was like, well, you're very young. One day you're going to see things are not so black and white, you know. Mm -hmm. And I could tell he felt important and really enjoyed talking, you know, making fun of me. But then he was calling me a cunt and like, you know, really insulting me. And finally I just like realized like, God, I can't believe I just wasted all this time, but like, fuck. And he told me to kill myself. I mean, like it really got nasty. Wow. And, and you're was, trying to be, you're, well, said, you were I trying finally, to convince I just, him of something. Yeah, I was just sort of like, you know, you're young. Like one day you're gonna, and I was making fun of him and I was like teasing him, you know. Um, and then I realized, how much I hated this person. Like I really mm -hmm. 
hated him because he was a spoiled, entitled, you know, from the same part of the country that I'm from. I know who this person is. Like, I've interacted with these types of people, you know, and it made me really sad because I was like, you know, this is someone who's going to grow up most likely and be a be a damaging force in this world. Yeah, right. One of the and that made me really sad, and I was like, God, you know, <laughs> he's going to be running America. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Ugh. You know, I don't know. He was really stupid. I, <laughs> he was so smart though, because he, you know, he went to Harvard. Well, I mean, this is going <laughs> to. He said he did. I mean, I have no idea if that's real or not. He seemed I, very adamant. <laughs> do you think a lot of people are saying? I think you had to be really crazy to say you went to Harvard when you didn't go. Like why? Yeah, no, I think he probably. Did. I mean, he was like a little prodigy boy and he clearly had lack of social skills you know and I was saying I was like you know not you know degrees from expensive colleges are not the only indicator of intelligence like I was like literally talking to him with compassion but mm. then it just broke apart and, and I said does your mom know that you speak to strangers like this you know he goes my mom would think it was funny and I'm like I don't know so I actually did try to find out who his mom was uh-huh. I Could thought you? about I didn't go that far. I, I looked at his Facebook page. I was like, what if I contacted his mother? <laughs> wow, you gotta... I, you, you, I would never do that. <laughs> how do you get the time? Yeah, I feel like this isn't good for you. No, I'm not, not, I'm not <laughs> trying to give you advice. No, I know. I, I, just... I, I, I really, really would love to come to the point in my career where I feel like I don't need Twitter. Well, to me, what you're but, doing, though, is like a real-life version of playing video games because yeah. it doesn't really matter with... It whatever your outcome is with this person, mm. whether you feel like you won or you lose that mm. little interaction, the consequences of it in, yeah. your, in your real life are not, yeah. you know... I've been working on... That is, like, the theme of, like, all my work right now, all the projects I'm working on have to do with... Um, what are you actually going to do in the real world about, you know, that your principles and the things that you are upset about? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm answering that, but unfortunately, I don't have an outward way of displaying. I have a newsletter that I'm doing, which is about real things you can do. Um, what are you call? Well, what are you call? First of all, did you bring me a men aren't funny T-shirt? Because- <laughs> I didn't. They didn't send me uh, the the company that I'm working with, Threadless. Uh, they lost my shipment of my my shirts that I was going to wear and promote, um, but they're getting them. So if you're now. listening, Sarah has made these shirts that say "Men Aren't Funny." Yeah, and they're funny. <laughs> yeah, it's they're, funny. They're even funnier if it's a guy. Yes, wearing I never. It didn't occur to me how funny it would be for a male comic to wear it, and a lot of male comics have been tweeting that they're in pictures, sending me pictures of them wearing it on stage. And I was like, oh, this is even funnier. Okay, so <laughs> I, I made this joke to my wife about something that she was doing. And then I said, that should be a t-shirt. And she said, that's not a funny t-shirt. So then I had bumper stickers printed up <laughs> so that I could just tell the story about the t-shirt. And so many people bought the bumper stickers yeah. that I actually printed the t-shirt. Yeah. And the t-shirt said, my vagina is driving me nuts. And the funniest thing was when big dudes would buy it. Because I sold a lot of them to big dudes. And ladies who worked at women's health clinics. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I I did the shirt with my friend Camilla uh, Gallas, who lives in Australia. I met her in Melbourne, Mm -hmm. where we met. Um, And uh, we want to do more shirts um, with different kind of like 
satirical messages on them, but we, we, we haven't um, put any new ones out yet. I'm mm-hmm. excited. But we've got a really great response. Yeah, yeah. Shirts are, I I was only selling them, at, you know, you do the joke and then you sell them after the yeah. show. It's like a souvenir or something. Yeah. People, people, people like them. And, and then it was fun, especially if it's something like that, like men aren't funny. Every time somebody buys it, yeah. it kind of makes you happy. Yeah. Because it's something that you thought was funny that, yeah. that you didn't think other people maybe would get. I didn't think many people, I thought this would be a shirt that young female comics would buy. Um, as a sort of like defiant, like I'm, you know, I just thought that was my audience for that shirt. And I didn't think many people, I knew it was sort of a niche, yeah. uh, inside joke kind of. Um, but I didn't realize how many people would really like it and think it was funny. And I definitely got some hate on that from dumb people who thought you're being sexist. And it was like, okay, well, they didn't it's get called that satire. It's, a, <laughs> it's like, I think it was, I think it, look, I'm not, I don't know, I've met Adam Carolla, I don't know him really that well, but I think he was being satirical when he said women aren't funny. I mean, maybe he kind of is a jerk, sexist yeah. jerk, but but I also kind of feel like, look, this is a, it's, all, it's a yeah. stupid statement. Well, of all the hills to die on, you know, I don't, Adam Carolla's not like my target. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, okay, sorry I brought him up. But I do think that the, a lot of the people who've said women aren't funny, it's just like, come on. Well, it's so it's such, a, that's it's why I was had, trying to explain the shirt to some people who are like not getting it. And I'm like, that's, of course men are funny. Just like, of course women are funny. Like that, it's, it's showing how stupid the original statement is. Right. But some people just say, oh, this is divisive. And I'm like, if this hurt your feelings, then you are you have a problem. <laughs> it gets tricky. It gets tricky though. Uh, this is one thing I wanted to ask you about because I feel like I'm so out of the. You know, I'm just from a different time a little bit, and 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 I'm married, and but I young women. It seems like there's a sexist thing that's going on now <laughs> that is very different from the sexist yeah. thing that was going on when I was in my twenties and thirties. Yeah, I. You know, it's it, it's like yeah. it's like it's gotten worse, sort of in a way. Well, it's more being, it's being talked about in a very um, aggressive way, which I don't, like when I first started in comedy, early 2000s, um, it was. I gotta make that stop. I know, can you, I I just want everybody to know that I have a real phone. (laughs) That's the only way to deal with it. You have an old school phone. I, and no one ever calls except uh, That's like a broadcast news. Remember when she picks up? Anyway. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, and it's, she, yeah. we got it as sort of a joke because my wife mm-hmm. was convinced she's from New Zealand and mm-hmm. she thought we needed a landline to talk to people from New Zealand. Anyway. <laughs> well, I was going to say like when I first started in comedy, um, it was very different even then, you know, like this kind I was told by an older slightly older comic female comic friend of mine um to never complain or talk about sexism in our business that it would make people not like me and shun me and she's like just don't ever bring it up it will be bad like people don't like that and you won't be like you'll be like ostracized and so i just never talked about feminist stuff either on stage or backstage or you know uh-huh. in anything i just never even though i was starting to pick up my own stories of being treated in a way that i thought was like really shitty um you know like blatant you know being basically told 
you know, I mean, when you're told repeatedly women aren't funny, I mean, like, that's just, ugh, it's really depressing. But then the, the stuff that, like, your peers in comedy say or do to you that you're just like, God, they wouldn't do the, uh, they would never say this to a male comic. Male comics don't even have to fucking think about that. Right. Because right. um, it's never even brought up. Comedy is hard no matter who you are. It's really hard to figure out. But then women have just an added list of things they have to deal with. And so I never said anything about it. And then gradually, more and more people started talking about... And one of the things I think that really switched it with social media was female comics being able to communicate in a way that they hadn't. Because like when I was starting in New York, I didn't really... I knew the other female comics, but I didn't see them a lot because there would only be one or two of us on a show. And so you'd be mm -hmm. in a green room and you were taught to kind of not trust the other female comic in the green room. Like, oh, she's vying for my spot. You know, like, you know, I was uh -huh. making friends along the way. And when I started there, a few years in, there was a show that started that was just for female comics. That's how I made a lot of my female comic friends. And like, but when social media kind of blew up, I think there was a level of communication that hadn't happened before. It was like, oh, that happened to you too? Or like, oh, we all just realized that there's this one sexist guy at this club. And because we never had been able uh -huh. to communicate in a way, now, you know, I think there's just a lot of more shared stories. And then when you find out how rampant it is, then you get angry and right, get right. really pissed off. And, you know, I think among female comics, there's just a lot of, really funny jokes about it that that seem harsh you know i as someone who when i started this was not the type of thing people were joking about or talking about yeah, to yeah. now i even get scared you know i'm like still like should i that's gonna really piss people off but i've let that go um i don't care <laughs> like what is a thing what's an example of something that you would well like you would, i where you would have not said or that you do say so now? like i have been vocal at times about female representation on certain um, festivals mm -hmm. or even like Comedy Central's half hours. And I did that at my, at my own risk, you know, knowing that some people take note of that and go, well, I'm not going to book her or I don't like that. She's being, she's being a feminazi, you know, she's being a bitch. Um, she's criticizing me somehow because I'm a male comic and you know, whatever. And I knew that and I know who, I have an idea who those people are that, you know, kind of wrote me off for being that vocal about stuff. I've had direct confrontations in person later, like for something I said on Twitter, like one of the festivals I criticized, I met the booker and he, ooh, it was not a fun conversation. Really? It yeah. was really bad. I mean, I, I held my own. Was it I a stayed calm. big giant? It was a big one. Um, not the big one. No, no. Oh my God, no. <laughs> um, I've never been booked on that festival though. But, really? Well, anyway, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> All right, we're not but, talking about that now, but just if you're listening, mm. can I, I have to say the yeah, name of the festival yeah. if you're listening, it's yeah. the Montreal Comedy yeah, Festival. Yeah, I, well, I was first booked on it this year, um, but not, I never got new faces or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but this other festival, which is another big one, um, I had a conversation with the booker, not knowing it was him. Mm -hmm. it, was, it wasn't at his festival, it was at another thing. And he kind of cornered me and ambushed me and spoke to me like I was really stupid and like a little girl and like really condescending and said a lot of really 
discouraging things to me, like just really shitty stuff. And I just left that conversation feeling so hopeless. Like I was like, man, so much of people, so much of this business is determined. So many gigs are determined on one person's opinion. Hmm. And so if you have a shitty person in that position of power, it really sucks, but it's part of it. I mean, and not one festival or one booking on one thing does not make or break you. That's what I was going to say. But it's like, so, it, sometimes it's just like, you just got to go around yeah. that person. Yeah. You know? And you I have mean, to you go around. Have to go, go where they love you. And yeah, just, exactly. But it, but it I've learned that feelings. over and over again. And you know, it, 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 Everyone wants to know why aren't there as many female comics as male comics. This is something that I've thought a lot about. I've done a lot of research. Do you have research. the answer to that? I, I have my answer I to it. I know what I will. Yeah, go ahead. My answer is that, you know, it's changing now. Um, but the problem is the status quo isn't changing with it. So there are more and more and more and more female comics getting into it, getting good, getting ready. Um, but the idea is that there are less and so there are less spots being given to women um so like if you look at um it's changing thank god but like well you look at how many women are ready for a half hour versus how many they give um is crazy like you know but comedy central if you look percentage wise has gone every up every year in the past mm -hmm. five years. But before that, it was never more than two. Never. And it's like, but why? Why is it always less than three? You know, like, um, you can't just say it's because there's never any women ready, because that's just bullshit. Um, and I go back to the small shows when you first start out. Um, the shows where, and this is something that this festival booker told me. I said, where do you find your, because he goes, I just can't, where are they? Where are the stars? Where are the good women? Tell me. He wanted me to do his job for him. I was like, no, that's literally your job to scout people. <laughs> and he, I was like, where do you find your people for this festival? And he goes, and he named the big show in New York and the big show in LA. And I was like, you know What's that- What's the big show in New York? Well, I don't want to say, cause I don't want to talk shit about those bookers, but- <laughs> well, which I, I don't oh, want But people who live in New York and LA want to know what the big show is. Well, they, everyone knows what the big shows are. I don't. Uh, well, they're changing now. I mean, but anyway. Okay, well, what's the old big show? <laughs> I can't. What's the I, new big let's show? Let's say it was a weekly show at a big th at a popular theater. Um, in but the like, back of a comic, comic maybe, book Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I, but if you look at those lineups, there are hardly any women on those lineups. And, you know, I don't know what the reasoning is, but, like, it's a when they're seating, you know, when uh -huh. a certain show is seating a certain festival or a certain lineup, you know, there's a lot of, when you get in that circuit of the cool shows, you know, if you look at those and they don't have uh, a, a lot of women doing the shows, well then the higher up, it's a bot, it creates a bottleneck. Sure. And until I, I did a show recently, or it was a couple years ago, actually, when I first got to LA and it was a cool show. Um, Eric, oh, I can't say his last name. Did, 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 it's like Dorian or something. Um, and What's the show? And Alan Strickland Williams. Um, I don't remember the name of the show. And I don't even know if they do it anymore. It was like in a church in Eagle mm -hmm. Rock. And I never forget this. It was, uh, the lineup was a cool, a bunch of younger, but you know, it was like my level and uh, around my level and down of less experienced comics doing this show. And it was a cool show, cool audience, fun show. 
And it was like, on the lineup was maybe six women and two men. And no one said anything about it. No one said, oh my God, another woman. It's ladies night. Cause that is something that used to happen all the time. Like if there was more than two women on a show they would make some fucking big deal about it. Uh-huh. The uh-huh. host, oh, another lady, you know, and they didn't, they didn't say anything. They just brought them up and no one, and it was normal. And right. I was like, that's my hope. That's, that's where it's changing. And so then that trickles upwards and upwards and upwards. So it's like, it's perceptions changing in the younger male comics and younger bookers mm-hmm. that is eventually going to change as it goes up the, you know, you just have to hope that the people in power, because I think what happens is you go, there just aren't as many females. And then if you just keep relying on that, then you won't book as many. Um, you won't yeah. find them and you won't care. Well, there's um, also so many ways to go around, produce your own thing, do your own thing nowadays, though. Don't you think? Yes, you but don't? that's not to, that, that's dismissive to say, because uh, I've, I've heard people say that, like, you know, oh, you don't, want, you don't want to do late night. No one cares about that anymore. I'm like, don't tell me to not want the thing that we were taught from day one in comedy that we needed to get. <laughs> like, of course I want that, and I shouldn't, you know, I've done all the around. I, I got my own talk show without having done any of these things. Like I got my own show. Is it on now? Well, it was it was canceled. <laughs> that's why you're but, on my talk show. But I that's what I'm saying. I show. got a TV show without having. I want to having... be on your talk show. I want I, you to get a talk right. show. I well, I'm gonna hopefully get another one, you're but I'm working on it now. But <laughs> I talk a lot. Sorry. Um, but what I want to say is like you know I actually at one point because of what I kept getting back whenever I had this conversation was well there's just not as many women so what am I mm. supposed to do. And I would always go, how do you know that for sure? Like, did you do math? Did you do a spreadsheet? So I actually did a spreadsheet. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because it was just making, driving me crazy. I thought I was insane. Because I was like, I know so many female I wouldn't comics. say you're insane, but I, you're definitely on the spectrum. Um, I mean, I I'm am. on the spectrum. I get obsessed so I get with it. things. Um, but like, I, I started a spreadsheet and I, I listed, I, I mean, I worked on it for months. I, I just, you know, when I had spare Where time. Is it? It's in my Google Drive. Um, uh-huh. And I would just add comics names. I would look at every club in the country and just add every name, yeah, yeah, every yeah. comic I could find. I, I tried to make sure I wasn't being biased and like purposely adding more women. Um, you know, and it was, I, I realized I can never put this out because it would just be, it's not scientific and it would be torn apart. What but would you could put out? It's more women. There's more women than we realize. Like that's why. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I can think of so many It's funny inching towards women. 50%. And like, you know, until like we start acknowledging that you know it'll be it'll be hard but it is changing which is very exciting mm-hmm. and people mm-hmm. are listening well and you look at some because of people like me <laughs> <laughs> right you're doing I'm taking it. credit you're doing it sarah you're doing it you're making it happen mm. but you look at some of the big stars right now amy yeah. schumer's a big yeah. star right oh, yeah. nikki is now more yeah. famous than no it's finally like there's more acceptance but i'm telling you you look at the comments on any of those, I mean, they get so much shit and they are just told, I'm telling you, and Jen I'm, Kirkman, like, I mean, every- Oh, poor Jen. I, now, I- No, but like her, she, her Netflix special, I mean, like, just the amount that you are told women aren't funny is so overwhelming. And after a while you go, oh my God, like, there's a huge portion of the population that believe fundamentally, because of my gender, that I can't do this career. 
Like that is oh, well, over a not, while. After terrible. a while, that just starts to feel, you know, and you just, in such small ways, you experience it. I did a show recently here where every female comic has experienced this. We always talk about it, which is you're at a smaller show. It's always in the smaller shows, mm-hmm. like cool shows, like underground feeling shows uh, where nerds go, like the comedy nerds go. And all the male comics and the nerd boys fans that come, um, when the male comics are on stage, I mean, they're losing their minds. They're laughing at open mic, basically, level material. Yeah. This is a workout show. You know, this isn't mm-hmm. the comedy store. This is a workout show where people are just like, uh, like having diarrhea out of their mouth. Like they're just saying whatever. Yeah. And the guys are like <gasps> losing their minds laughing the moment a woman gets on stage, silence, or they leave the room. And it, it has been something we've observed. I mean, it doesn't happen every show, but when it happens, it's so palpable in the room. You're just like, oh my God, like they're just dismissing, you know, like, you know, and some are, well, the, you just weren't as funny. And I'm like, this was an open mic, like basically, like for bigger comics. Like, so don't tell me, you know, I get you're a fan of a certain guy, but like, you're not even seeing me because you've dismissed me outright. Uh-huh. And it's just something that we've observed over time. I mean, just it's little things like that start to irritate you. It's not stopping me and it's not making me, you know, people go, well, then how do you explain Amy Schumer? I'm like, she succeeded in spite of all of it. She overcame it. Right. She fucking, right. she did it her way. Every, every comic does it their way, but yeah. But the other thing though is like, just from that example, it's like, hey, I feel uncomfortable saying this, but <laughs> haters are going to hate. Oh yeah, no, you know, absolutely. I, I mean, you, everybody if, has. If if, if, yeah. if somebody's, if if you say, hey, I noticed that this audience laughed at less at the female comics than at the male comics, and they go, that's because they weren't funny. I mean, that's the default go-to of everybody who's not booking anybody, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. But especially if you feel like, hey. I, I'm not getting a Comedy Central, in my case, I'm not mm. getting a Comedy Central mm. special because I'm, I'm older and they only want young yeah. people. Oh, well, that's oh, it's another... Like, well, because you're not as funny as, as the other people. No. It's like, well, it, Well, let's on. be I... honest about... Yeah, like, I mean, Comedy Central is... And I'm employed by them, so, like, I can't... You know, like, I... I have no problem with them as a whole, you know? Like, but there... You know, there's definitely people in every corner of this business that just have really outdated ideas about like what an audience wants what an audience wants that's especially yeah. because i think audience audiences now in spite of the story that you just told yeah. though i i think audiences now more than ever are ready to laugh at a female comic oh absolutely I mean, that's in thing. general my experience when i'm be, out at a comedy it has club, to be served to them in a way that you know and like i feel like after working at mtv mtv was some was a network that was obsessed with their audience and what their audience wants and the It's demo. what they think their audience wants. What they is, think though. the audience wants and sometimes they get it right and sometimes they don't. But what they do do is they they force feed what they think that mm-hmm. audience wants. Yeah. yeah. And um, when the audience is probably a little more sophisticated and smarter than they realize. I mean like so they could probably force feed them something smarter and a little more sophisticated and that audience would eat it up because that's what's being provided. And like, so I feel yeah. like sometimes I think it's, there's a responsibility. But they don't think they're force feeding. That's the, that's no, the thing they that they've the never gotten. No, they think the audience is asking for what they're giving them. And, and they think that they're catering to them. I mean, yeah. I, I used to get this thing from when I'd go out to audition for stuff back in the, you know, you know the, the 
you know, when I was in my 30s, and I get this feedback like now where they're looking for a really handsome guy, like, I'm not an ugly guy. And if you put me (laughs) on a TV show, people will be attracted. But that's the way it works. Oh, yeah. You put, you know. Oh, yeah. Especially for men. Yeah, you put him on TV and people are into him. You put a man on TV, it's like, oh, my God, I love him. I mean, I have been like where there's been dudes, I mean, on movies or, you know, shows where I'm just like, oh, God, I, I think he's so attractive. And then I'm like looking at like him next to Brad Pitt. And I'm like, why was I thinking that? <laughs> Brad, Brad Pitt is a, you, nobody's <laughs> arguing that that guy's good looking. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but we all can't, you know, luckily he can't do all the jobs. No, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. That, that beautiful angel. Um, but it, it is, a, the, the, the sexism thing now is a really interesting kind of rabbit hole. And you brought up Jen Kirkman, and, mm-hmm. and I really like Jen. Yeah. And I had, I had never met her in person until mm. we were in Melbourne and I mm. met her down there and I was like, oh, I want to talk to you because I, I like the venues that you're touring. And I, so then I'll go on Twitter when I got back because we had been following each mm-hmm. other and I saw she unfollowed me. And I was like, did I do, what, <laughs> what happened? Did I, did, did I do some weird, did I say some accidentally offensive thing? I, I, because sometimes when I read her Twitter, she's so on the feminist thing. Yeah. And she's, and, and this, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say not all men. But I do feel like sometimes when I'm reading, oh, she goes she goes hard. Some of the yeah. some of the feminist stuff, it's like, hey, is I I need to be able to get on your side. I'm on your side. I want to yeah. be on your side. I want to yeah. be on your side. Or or I can just shut up. Yeah. Or I can just shut up yeah. if you want. But yeah, I know it's really hard. I I think um, I understand how you feel because I also I'm like very interested in. Um, uh, like Black Lives Matter and like, you know, learning about racism and stuff. I'm just very interested in it. I have no agenda. I don't have people with white guilt. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, there's guilt. But but I also truly want to be a better person in the world. So I've read and absorbed a lot of black feminists and like activists. Mm-hmm. And I've read them talk about things. And some, I've had to unfollow some that are just so harsh that it it was like i'm not learning anything anymore and i'm just feeling like i can't do anything right so i'm gonna follow people who they don't owe me an education i don't interact i fave tweets i never reply i stay silent but i just Uh try to learn and but i also understand that feeling of like like i i will admit like when beyonce's lemonade came out all the black women I follow were talking about how this isn't for you, white ladies. This is not for you. Shut the fuck up about it. This is about us. You know, and I, I was like, but I love it. I was on my couch like sobbing because I loved it so much. I loved it did so Did you watch much. the, because we had a little yeah. interaction when that came out. Yeah. Did you, did you watch the videos? Because yeah. I wanted to I watched watch the videos. Live you when had to go to some did. special, yeah. anyway. I bought title because I wanted it. Like that's how much I loved it. And I remember feeling sad. I was like, well, can I? And then I realized this isn't, that's not what they're saying. They're not saying I can't enjoy it. They're just saying, don't write a think piece about the black woman's experience if you're not a black woman. Mm. Like that, that was, the, you know, when you really read about what people are saying, you can parse out. But I get that feeling of like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. 
but I'm and on I, your side. And I'm not. The, and I want you to know I'm on your side, but I also don't need a cookie. Like, it, it's, yeah, hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's definitely not that. But, yeah. it, but it's, I, I want you to feel like, if I was saying not all men, it's not because like, hey, you're wrong about guys. It's more like, hey, don't feel so alone. Right. You know, that, I'm but, on your side. Yeah, but I know. I, it's but hard. Then, so it's tricky. And I mean, it's funny you mentioned race because I thought Spike Lee got into that years mm. ago where it was like, dude, you, I can't be, you won't. You don't even have room for me to be on your side. I get it. You, you're doing your fight, your battles, you're yeah. doing your thing. But uh, when you were talking earlier, and then especially just now, it reminded me of a friend of mine, Warren Thomas, who was black, and I know he's passed away, but he, he would say, you know, you kind of don't understand it because you don't witness it. He mm. said, especially in California. But if you're not, a, if you're not black or you're not, female yeah. then you're not experiencing it yeah. and and most of the people who are doing this fucked up shit mm-hmm. are doing it just in secret to the person that they're doing it to right you know, now you're on not, twitter now on twitter it's more out there but it's it. still you don't see it unless you don't you feel look the cumulative effect yeah. like jen gets a lot of shit because she engages and and not just because but just because she's outspoken i get a lot of shit and well, that's why I worry about you and I worry about her. Well, it's the cumulative like, effect is very stressful. It's, it's going to deplete you. Well, but also sometimes it feeds me. I, I feel okay. like there's a... <laughs> as long I'm as working you're getting on something it. Good, as long as you're getting something good out of it. Well, I'm making art out of it. You know, like I have a new web series coming out called Woman Online, which is about being a woman. And it's very... I'm so proud of it. I think it's real... Jen's in an episode. It's really funny. And I'm mm-hmm. like, if I can turn this into something really funny, because I'm not very funny on Twitter. I just talk. I don't, I'm not trying to be funny. It's not, I, I've always been like, for a long time I was stressed out. Like people will go to my Twitter and think I'm not as funny as I am on stage or in my other stuff. But I just realized I don't care anymore. And people don't really do that. I, and I, I if you want to come course. see me, you'll see. And I, people who know what I'm about, know what I'm about. And, um, you know, I'm pitching a new talk show that is like very much about, uh, you know, the way I would describe it is like, uh, like, you know, a Samantha B, but there's a more angle on like, what can we actually do? What can you do about some of this? Like a real person, a regular, I'm not Ellen. I'm not going to like, you know, throw $10,000 at something and just be like, I'm a hero. But like, what can we actually go beyond Twitter and mm-hmm. the hashtag game and all these things and like do something in a real way, interacting with a real person. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's like kind of, my interest now is on those, the, that type of stuff. What are your main? Well, obviously, sexism is one of your yeah issues. What what else are you? Um, I mean, um, I think just human empathy is something mm. that I feel like uh, is lacking in the world, and, and is an utter like, you know, and media literacy, like people not understanding. Um, we aren't taught that in school. Like, I'm actually, I'm about to sign up for a course in media literacy so I can take it and understand what it is that maybe I don't understand about like when I read a news story like how do I tell what is there's so much conversation about like biased media and it seems all by I'm like I'm being told by the right that everything I read is a lie and I'm telling them everything you read is a lie so how do we know what's true or not and the, you know these things cuz we're in the post truth world and like, so those things, those are very overarching things mm, I, I, and how those play out in culture, you know, like, mm-hmm. like 
Kim Kardashian, like, or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, or even just even, and of course politics, but, um, but it's like permeating every little thing that we do now. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I think a lot about what you talk about with empathy and compassion, just because I feel like that is something that we should all be able to agree is a worthy thing to aspire Mm -hmm. to, no matter what your opinion is. And it seems like with the media now, we're Twitter and and Facebook and all of these other things, Pinterest and Mm -hmm. Flipboard, (laughs) they're all designed for you to build this world of things that you like. Yeah. And to stop showing you things that you don't like Mm -hmm. until eventually we're all so in our own little homemade artisanal bespoke bubble Mm -hmm. that... uh, we interact with someone outside that bubble and we're surprised and we're mad because we yeah. think, oh no, the world is me. The exist? world is like me. Yeah. And you're the kind of stupid people yeah. that, that we're, yeah. you know, and, and that's just no good. Yeah, I, I, um, I intentionally, I don't follow people that make me feel bad about myself or, you know, or, or hateful people, but I do follow people that challenge me and I try, when I go to hover over that unfollow button, I really try to think about it like, how I, could you unfollow someone who's following you? Though? That's what I want to know. How could you do that? I will to a mute. Person? I will mute. Okay, if I hover on the mute button. Yeah, mute seems fair, but to, when someone is following you, <laughs> and then <laughs> you unfollow them, maybe it was an accident. You're like, no, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Or, or I have those moments where I'm on Twitter and somebody, it's, it's like they've got eight tweets in a row, and I agree with three of them, and the other one, and I just like, I can't have this many. Yeah, tweets I, at I time. think people. It's up. To, it's it's personal how you manage your social media and like this. This everybody's got. This monster that was introduced into our lives only eight years ago it's so crazy and it's but it's just a new there are so many new ways now to get your feelings hurt i know you know oh my god it's endless and not just like if you're on twitter and someone calls Mm. you a cunt Mm. that's that's an old way to get your feelings hurt that's not really the new way to get your feelings hurt the new way is is the you know the unsubscribing to somebody's email yeah. list or not following them or or you fave the reply but not the original tweet i mean there's just so many is so twitter many your ways. favorite or is twitter that, is where know. i have the biggest following and it's mm-hmm. um i do i really do enjoy when like last night when that when all that fake shit about trump came out I, about I, the golden showers the jokes people were making were so funny that I was like, and I knew it was probably fake, but I was loving it. I was loving it. And that's, that to me is the difference between people who are, I'm not saying everybody on the left is smart by any means, but people who are like literate, media literate, mm-hmm. at least on a minimal level, we all knew that that story was probably fake, but we were just laughing and joking about it. And everyone I saw was like, I guess this is probably fake, but I just want to make fun of it. Whereas I feel like sometimes on the, in the alt-right, like conspiracy theory world, I mean, they believe it where it's truly keeping them up at night. Like, oh my God, the frogs are turning gay because of the chemical. Like they actually believe it. And they're not for once, they're not for one second going, this might be fake. So I think <laughs> There's a little bit of a difference, but yeah, I I, I enjoy Twitter because of the conversation mm-hmm. that happens and the things I've learned and the people I've met. Um, I quit Facebook. Uh, I have did. like a fan page, but Facebook was too much for my, me because the there's no limit. 
it's the rabbit hole of all rabbit holes because See, I'm I was only writing, on there as my... I was writing essays about oh. every controversy in the comedy community. I, I was writing, this is why UCB, sh you know, I under, I was always a diplomat. I was like, guys, I get both stories about, sides of the story about the UCB, should they pay comics or not? Like, I was like, and I would write these essays and then I would read every comment, which were also essays, you know, and I would really go deep in the time the time I spent on Facebook was, was, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was literally the night before my TV show was debuting and I was like writing an essay about UCB. I was like, my family was like, are you insane? Like you're, you're, and I was like, clearly I'm nervous about tomorrow and I'm distracting myself. Like, mm -hmm. let's do a little therapy right now, but <laughs> let me just do this. <laughs> were there, wasn't, did you, did, were you worried at all for your, because sometimes I'm, I hesitate to express those opinions because yeah. I don't want to antagonize a place that's booking me or that might book me some other place. And it's like, oh, no, I was look, like, I've got my opinions. I was standing up for them. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not afraid anymore of like, I don't know. I, I've just learned that, you know, are you burning a bridge if it was never there to begin with? And I've come mm. to become very aware of like, you know, I hung on to certain things wishing I would get approval from a certain place or show or whatever. Oh, this and, is so frustrating. And realized I would never get it and just stopped caring and then could speak more freely about it. But I would never shit on someone openly. I would never be uh -huh. like, fuck these people. Like, I just don't because I know it's more complicated than it ever is. You know, like there's good and bad people in every corner of every mm -hmm. part of the business. But, uh, you know, I think for social media, whatever your, like, uh, sh your issues are and your, whatever your issues are, if you're someone with anxiety, if you're someone with, you know, self-esteem issue, like whatever your issue, your shit is, social media will just, amplify them you know whatever your thing is it would just amplify mm -hmm. it so instead of blaming social media you know deal with yourself like i was having a major issue with stalking like hate reading people that i were really hurting like people in my life that were hurting me people who were like my bully you know and i would like be obsessively looking that you knew yeah like people in my personal life that had hurt my feelings I would check their Twitter, you know, or their social media constantly just to, I needed information. I wanted to track. I wanted Don't to compare that. and despair. Don't do that. Right. I went to therapy. It was like, it was insanity. I went, I started therapy. I've done it before, but I hadn't, and I just moved to LA and like, you know, I was having a really hard time. You don't have to time. tell me, you don't have to justify your therapy to me. No, I'm like, I'm saying, I don't think I just got into it, but <laughs> um, I found somebody here and she really helped me deal with what happens when I, why was I doing that? Why was it? Why were you doing it? Um, Do you know? Because I was caught in, an, in a negative, automatic negative thinking habit. I mean, it was, some of it was a physical hand. My hand would do it without me knowing. My body mm -hmm. had learned a pattern and I would realize I was doing it for a long time after. Like, oh, I just typed the, the URL without realizing I did it because uh -huh. I was doing it so much. Um, I learned ways. I took a break from social media. I learned ways to like, you know, I'd type something new in, in its mm -hmm. place, like uh, a Twitter that really made me laugh, you know. Uh -huh. um, and 
And I just dealt with my issues with those people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's embarrassing to even admit. Like, it's really humiliating to even admit that, like, I was doing that. But I realized the judgment, because it was making it worse because I was judging myself for doing it, but I couldn't stop. It was a habit. And it was a part of my anxiety of, like, I needed information so that I could control the situation. Right. Well, you want people to like you, too. Yeah, and I wanted to know what they were doing. Are they talking about me? Are they making fun of me? Are they subtweeting me are they you know just obsessing over it and realizing i had to this wasn't going to be resolved because it wasn't something it's not family i'm not you know these people aren't going to be my friends Mm -hmm. you know i was able i don't want to get into the details but like one i was able to resolve with another i just had to let it go and just be like this person and i are not going to be friends and comedian yeah that you see around yeah i mean there's you know um, when I get my feelings hurt in real life, like real life, like shit that people mm-hmm. do to each other intentionally or not, it's really hard for me to get over it mm. really hard. Cause I want to solve it. I want to like sit down with the person and be like, let's come together. <laughs> and like, and Some people I've, don't, oh, a lot of people don't want to talk. They don't want to do that. And, uh, you know, um, and then I combine it with all these myths I have in my head about myself. And it's evidence for the, lo- the negative thinking. So it's, <laughs> it's bad. But I'm out of it now. Thank God. <laughs> so the answer was to kind of disconnect from those people? Well, it was to learn what was happening in my brain, in my thought process when I would be triggered. Because I realized I couldn't. So what I did try to do for a while was to block it all from my life. And then I realized I couldn't do that. That these are people who are in my life, whether I want them to be in my life or not. I cannot. Uh, I know everyone listening is like, who? I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. never, never. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm not even asking because um, I know you don't want to say. Because but, they're uh, good. It's nobody's a bad person. Like I've, I've, I was putting. I love categories. I love like good and evil, and they're evil. I'm good. But what if I'm like them? Then that means I'm bad. And you know, like all these. Well, really I'm imagining shitty- these things are people hurt your feelings or. Mm-hmm. did something that you did yeah. this isn't evil people who did some criminal no this is people who um bullied me i got bullied mm-hmm. and you know um i don't mean to use the buzzword bullying but it was bullying and but i understand the circumstances in which it happened and it wasn't personal i don't think i think it was just i was an easy target at the time there was complicated things involved and you know at the end of the mm-hmm. day um, I had to, I had to forgive myself. It wasn't really about forgiving them. It was, it was all in here. Uh-huh. It was all in my head and all stuff that I had to work out with myself and forget and be kinder to myself and realize, you know, and it was all tied up in my career and like things that weren't going well in my career somehow turned into a conspiracy in my head not a literal conspiracy like i don't think anything anyone's out there trying to ruin my career but like but just like that didn't help and what do they say about me if my name comes up in the green room you know like and just this feeling of like drowning Mm -hmm. um and it was all connected and i learned how to not let the train leave the station because that's what would happen i'd be like one little thing i'd see a picture and then it would be here we go (laughs) you know um so now i've just learned like you know what i was doing to myself in that 
and let it go. And so talk about what you're doing. What are you doing right now in your um, career? Well, I'm about to start writing on a new show on Comedy Central, Moshe Kasher's new show called Problematic. It's oh, a great. talk show. It's perfect for someone like me. It's all about the, the fights that happen on Twitter. Oh, really? <laughs> I love Moshe. Yeah, right? and he's, he's doing it. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really cool show. Um, different, definitely different than anything that's out there, you know, um, and I'm pitching my own show soon. And then um, going on the road, and uh, I have always a million things that yeah, I... Yeah, yeah. So how many sets do you do in town a week, would you say? Not that many. I'm not like a... Um, I'm not a set hound. Like, I haven't figured it out still in L.A. Like, it's... Because I've been on the road so much, so you, once you get momentum here, and then you go out on the road, and then you're like, well... Now I got to, because I know it's just different in LA than it was in New York. I started in New York. By the time I left New York, you know, I could do a set every night, multiple sets if I wanted mm -hmm. to. Um, I've always been working in the day, mm -hmm. mostly up until recently. And so it was harder for me to be sets every single, you know, three sets a night. Like right. I've never been that, but I'm more quality over quantity for my, how I work in stand up. But, um, I've had, I haven't hustled the way I should to get more sets here. So you do a couple a week? Yeah, if I'm trying to. Yeah, and so what <laughs> you are know? your favorite? Yeah, I have like two this week, you know. What are um, your favorite shows in town? Um, I Because I'm always looking, I, I'm on the road all the time, and I yeah. feel like I'm able to write new material on the road. And Yeah. I, I mean, I'm totally satisfied in terms of being mm -hmm. a comedian on stage yeah. with the gigs that I'm doing. And, and I like the longer sets, but I like to go out and do sets in town yeah. because they're fun and you get to mm -hmm. interact with some, some people. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's a different challenge. LA so, audiences are different. So what um, are your faves? Um, there was a show I did. Oh, Good Heroin is the name of a show. Write it down. Who books that? You've got to write it down. Uh, Good Heroin. It's in Echo Park behind a bookstore in a little like outdoor s stage performance area that is really fun. It's a very good show. It's booked. Uh, it's Dave, um, Dave Ross and other people who I can't remember right now. Um, that's a really good show. And um, Hot Tub. I've heard about Kurt the hot Kristen tub. show at the Virgil is really good, um, and there's a new newer show. It's monthly. I don't remember the name of it now. A girl named Kyle books it. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh -huh. um, it's in Hollywood, uh, but yeah, and I do a lot. I do an, um, I do a fair amount at the Improv in the lab, and sometimes in the yep. main room. And I really like performing there. I, the lab I, can be hit or miss, but um, it's a good. It's a good room. It's a good clubby room that, you know, you go in there and you got to like, you got to work mm -hmm. for laughs, which I need, you know, um, I need to work, not, I need laughs too. But <laughs> and then I have two, two more questions. Yeah. So the next mm -hmm. one is kind of like the last one mm -hmm. in the, in the, because we've been talking about uh, comics mm -hmm. and female comics mm -hmm. and, and we've kind of focused a lot on some negative stuff. Yeah. Who are some of your favorite <laughs> comics that who, when you're going out to mm -hmm. do sets in town, when you see that they're on the bill, you're super yeah. glad to see they're there because they're mm -hmm. personally great or because yeah. you love their standup. Um, Lori Kilmartin. Oh, I'm so down love, with Lori. Love her so much. Um, 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 Rory Scovel is a very close friend mm -hmm. of mine and I love watching him perform 
Um, yeah, I don't think I've met him in person, but I've seen yeah. some stuff he's done online. Um, and it's just unbelievable. And, um, God, there's so many people that I really like. Um, and it's whenever I'm asked this question, I forget uh-huh. <laughs> everyone. Um, Kate Berlant is like, I really love her. Um, and um, Emily Heller and Emmy Blotnick and, you know, um, Jeez. Who's your best friend in comedy? Best friend in comedy. Um, well, my best friend in LA is Lauren Reeves, who is not a stand-up comic, but she writes and does storytelling. So she's sort of on the, she's in the comedy scene, but she's not a stand-up comic. Mm-hmm. Um, I love her. <laughs> but Emmy Blotnick is probably one of my best friends in stand-up comedy. She and I have known each other. We worked together way back, like at Best Week Ever, I was a blogger there, mm-hmm. and she was an intern. She was still in college. And then at Fallon, I hired her as a blogger to work under me. What do you do as a blogger at Fallon? It's such a that- random term. It really is so, well, it's changed. Like back then, it was so new. That job was so new. I did it at Best Week Ever, and, I, and that was Best Week Ever was one of the, probably the first TV show to have a dedicated blog that went with it that had independent creative original writing on it. And that blog got popular and And had its own fan base separate from the show. And so are you writing about things that happened on the show or things that happened similar to the things No, we would post stuff about the show, but we would like, you know, Best Week Ever was all about what was happening in pop culture. So we would cover everything that was Uh happening that day and then the big stuff would happen on the show. Um, And then what about on Fallon? So when I got to Fallon, it was the same idea, but eventually it just morphed into social media management for Jimmy and for the show. Uh-huh. Um, getting the clips out there, getting the comedy out there, engaging the audience. And, you know, the original stuff kind of went by the wayside, but that's, I think, was a natural evolution of what that show needed. Uh-huh. Um, by the time I left, it was sort of moving in that direction of, you know, engaging the audience, but no original content was being put out by the bloggers, which, right, right. Um, and the term blogger kind of even didn't even apply anymore, where it was like, you're more of a social media manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but in the early days of Fallon, I mean, I was like running the writers meetings in the morning. I was sort of like a so you, hybrid so- writer's assistant, helping with anything on the show that had anything to do with the internet, they would bring me in. And it was really cool. How old were you? Um, 34, 33, no. 32, I don't know. It was when the show first yeah, started. Yeah. And, and, um, and, and that's where you won your Emmys. Yes, they gave Emmys for interactive media. <laughs> we that's won great. them. Yeah, that's it was great. awesome. It was really cool. I didn't know that was gonna happen. <laughs> Did you get to go to the award? Yeah, like the creative arts ceremony. I was like, oh, it's just gonna be in like a like a basement somewhere and like potluck. Like that's what I thought it was gonna yeah. be like, but it's it? just like the real Emmys. Same room, same set. Celebrities are in there getting their, you know, cause they give some of the you know, yeah, yeah. some of the awards, um, and it after was after party. Yeah, after party, very elaborate. Like you know, got to go up on stage, accept the Emmy, get a statue, and everything. It was awesome. Um, but then, um, you know, eventually, I, I felt like you know my goal was to either write for TV or to do stuff on TV, and mm-hmm. it just wasn't gonna happen at Fallon. Like I wasn't gonna get right. up that level there. Eventually, you gotta you just gotta, you gotta, gotta leave those. Look at Louis C.K. Yeah, 
I'm just like him. Yeah, you're just like him. Started right for Conan. Now yeah, you're just now, a couple. You know, you're this it's, close. It's so crazy because when I was at Fallon, all I wanted was to write for that show. I mean, it was I was obsessed with it. I was like, they let me apply a few times. It didn't happen. I was devastated, you know, and it, it just was eating me up. And you know, then I left to write for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Um, and it didn't feel, it felt like a step backwards because it wasn't a late night show. It was like a daytime game show. And, but it was Writers Guild and it was a writing job. And my yeah. agent was like, you've got to do this. And um, what were you writing? Questions? Writing questions. And yeah. It ended up being a very challenging job, but like, but the hours were good and it freed up my brain. And within nine months, Nikki and I had sold our pilot to MTV. Oh, that's and then great. I got my own show. And then I realized, well, now that's what I want, my own show for the rest of my life. Well, dude. <laughs> it's really hard to get again. You need again. to work on your self-esteem because most yeah. people come to LA like, I want my own show. Well, that, that's the thing. Now I've had that taste. And yeah. so now I'm like, but now I'm right. I've been writing for TV pretty regularly since then. And I keep, you know, getting frustrated. Like, well, that's the backup plan when that was like all I wanted. You know, so I always try to remind myself like, you know, yes, let's keep going for the big goal, but like, but don't be despair because you are really making it and it's really great. And yeah, you yeah. did it. You fucking did it, man. That's how I have to look in the mirror and say. I do. Yeah. I just to validate that. I mean, I feel like in my life, I said no to some things because I, I felt like they weren't on the mm -hmm. path that I was on. And not that I have giant regrets in my life career because I've really had a great yeah. time. And, uh, and you know, things have worked. Place. It's worked yeah, out all right. I love it. Um, but, uh, but, I, but I feel like there's some things that I said no to just because I thought that they were just so out, outside mm. of the strike zone or off the mm. path. And I think now in retrospect, especially seeing some of the things that have happened. Mm. I mean, I, it used to be if, like, if you wanted to be a movie actor, you wouldn't take a job on a TV show. Or if you wanted to be know, an actor, you yeah. wouldn't take a job hosting a show. And then Greg Kinnear gets nominated for an Oscar, and everybody can just go fuck themselves mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it's you, you do what you do, yeah. and you just keep building up yeah. people's awareness in you and the fact that they think that you do a great job mm -hmm. and all of those other yeah. things. I think for a long time I said yes to everything. I mean, mm -hmm. anything and everything. And then there was a point after the MTV show where I had to really dig my heels in and say no to a lot of stuff because I was trying to carve a very specific way forward. And that was extremely hard. And I, I had a year of like, you know, not making any money, mm. but I kind of wrangled my, my reps into understanding what it was I was trying to do. And I like, I created some things that forced me in those lanes that I wanted to be in more. Um, it ended up working, but it was really against my nature and it was very scary to yeah. be like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that thing. But I normally would be like, fuck yes, I'll do that thing. And now I'm back to like saying yes to everything I can, you know, yeah. but because I think I'm getting better offers that are, you know, more in my lane, but it's hard to disappear. I felt like I disappeared. You know, you have a show and then you, people are like, think you're dead. You know, and I'm well, like, I you know what? I don't care what you think. <laughs> I'm here and I'm making stuff, but you have to fight that a little. I've lived in LA since 1987, <laughs> and I have people still think because I started San, in San Francisco mm -hmm. doing stand up, and I have still people. I'll see them at a club here, and they'll say, oh, "So you, you live in San Francisco?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, oh, come that on. that yeah, question. So it's a weird. It's a weird. The thing. LA green room conversation is 
really leaves a lot to be desired. <laughs> well, there's all of that, what are you doing? And, you, and doing? you get judged, your success gets judged on how high profile your yeah. oh, you project live, do you is. Do you live here now? I mean, God, I guess I'll get that forever if you're still getting it. Yeah, you get that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we just don't go like, how much money do you have? <laughs> how, how much money do you have and, and how... <laughs> How big are your spouse's best attributes? <laughs> you know, I mean, look, what? what I, how are we oh, trying to judge each other? It's I like, know. hey, I'm I, I'm clean and I'm out. I'm well dressed. Yeah. I'm gonna go on stage. If you think that's mm -hmm. funny, that's I feel yeah. like that's it. I did it. Yeah. Um, so, oh, so my last thing. Mm -hmm. What can we do? What are some things that we can do? Oh well, it depends on who you are, but um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, me. Uh, I mean, if you're uh, one thing I liked recently that I found was um, if you're someone who's political. If this is, you know, I always say like, you do what you can within the power that you have. You work with what you've got. Um, so if you're someone who's politically minded, that you want to feel like you want to fight against some of the things that are happening. Um, and make your voice heard. There is a service where you text this number and then you get a daily call to action where it literally, like I'll read today's, my phone died because it's a dying, it's a piece of shit. Um, that doesn't look like a uh, piece of shit to me. Well, it has, something's been going wrong with the battery. But anyway, you text uh, your number to a thing and then every day you get a, an alert that says today's call to action is call your senator and say the following, and then it has your senator's phone number in there because you have given them your uh -huh. zip code. And what's the name of the thing? Um, it's called Daily Action. Daily and Action. I think it's dailyaction.org or whatever, but you just text a number to the word action. Like it's, it's a little quick thing you do and you get every day. And if you're someone who wants to be that person that calls your reps, this is the best tool I've found for it. And what's it like when you call your rep? Um, I usually hang up, um, crying because I hate calling people and I panic and I say the stupidest shit. But that's after. It falls so you, apart. You, you call the number. You call and you're like, hi, um, I'd like to, you know, register a, um, not a complaint, but like, I'd like to give some feedback to my, you know, to Senator or whatever. You don't just say like, I want to speak to Diane Feinstein. No, no. Um, and usually they, the, the person that's answering will go, okay, I'm happy to write that down for you. I'm a constituent and um, I would like I just want Kamala Harris to know that I will not vote for her reelection if she does not, if she, if she confirms Jeff Sessions as attorney general. And then I'll go, thank you very much. I'll let her know. And you hang up. What I've read, everything I've read is that calling is the most effective way to get through to your representative because they will go, we were flooded with calls today. They might've gotten 20. We were flooded with calls well, today. Right. And then they panic. You know, and that's actually how shit works. Um, well, the, I feel like you that's can leave, how and a lot that's of times, the whole tea party is yeah. like 20 angry guys in a basement. I found a really great, um, it was being passed around the internet. It was like a, a thing of like, here's how we get this, how we get back some of the control is we need to look at the tactics that the tea party used that were effective, mm -hmm. that were not destructive and harmful. And you, you know, ignore their harmful, shitty tactics. And what were the things they did that were actually effective? And well, let's replicate those and like wake up because I think the Democratic Party has a major problem with apathy and, you know, daily, daily action. Action. Okay, um, I'm writing and you can down sign down. up for my newsletter, which actually has all these things. And what's your newsletter? Uh, tinyletter.com slash Sarah Schaefer. Oh boy. 
tinyletter.com. It's on my Twitter profile, so if you just go to my Twitter, you can yeah, see. Yeah, because Sarah, it's first of all, there's oh, not S-A-R-A. an H on it. There's no well, one H. Good thing and Schaefer, there's a C in there. One good thing about being like an M-level celebrity is that, <laughs> I would say Z, Z-level celebrity is when you Google my name, even if you spell it wrong, my stuff com- nice. usually comes up. I'm the for I'm number one Sarah Schaefer spelling. I feel like I've been lucky because I've been around long enough that you can, if you just put in Jake Comedian, I'm in there. <laughs> yeah. You can get it. Yeah. But you do have to remember that. Yeah. You can't you can't just Google third guy. The third guy. The third the guy. The third guy was funny. <laughs> oh, it's fun to see what people Google with your name. You know, when you How put you your name in there's stuff. Well, if you put trick. Sarah Schaefer and oh, you, you start, see the autocomplete. Oh, you start and it fills in the other things? Like, one of the big ones on me is Sarah Schaefer feet. Every female celebrity has that come up because uh-huh. there are foot fetishists that uh-huh. have databases of your feet, which is fucking crazy. Do you but. know the thing where you Google your name and then the word needs? Oh, needs to. <laughs> oh, I haven't done in. that. I yeah. gotta see that. It, could, it might be um, feeling. I, mine are usually Sarah Schaefer boyfriend, Sarah Schaefer feet, Sarah Schaefer. Sarah Schaefer boyfriend. Well, that's positive. They want to know are who interested my boyfriend is. And your boyfriend, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Scott Moran. Has he been your boyfriend director, for a long time? Seven years this February. That's a solid number. Yeah. Yeah. Don't believe in a piece of paper. Is that what you're talking about? We don't need no piece of paper from the city hall. Keeping a lot tight and true. It's a Joni Mitchell song. Anyway, um. I love Joni Mitchell. Do you <laughs> cohabitate? Yeah. I'm divorced, so I, I'm kind of over marriage. Yeah, I, I feel mean, like I would be over marriage if I was divorced, I but I'm not divorced, so I'm totally into it. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a chance we would get married on paper for insurance purposes at some point, but we would not have a wedding. That's my friend did that. My friend yeah, did I that don't... for insurance purposes. And also, if you want to have a kid, but, yeah. but the other thing is like, who are you kidding? Mm. Seven years, you don't need a piece of paper. There is a piece of paper somewhere. And yeah. if you are the person with the most money, yeah. The other person is going to get some of yeah. your money. That's <laughs> right. We're we're married for all intents and purposes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. Um, is there any other? So you're at what's your Twitter? Sarah Schaefer one. Because Sarah back Schaefer when one. back when I signed up for Twitter, it was actually very early on in Twitter. Let's but go see when we both signed up because I was two thousand seven, April two thousand seven, I think. I don't know where it'll look, um, on that, but I'm gonna. I'll... And it. Um, I, there was already a Sarah Schaefer? No. I put Sarah Schaefer one because Twitter was nothing at the time. It was like stupid. Like people were like, what the fuck is this? But I signed up for it because of my job at the time. And um, and I used my AOL instant messenger name because I was like, I need to be consistent. Well, that's why <laughs> I did Jake no This. something no one uses anymore. So. That's why I did Jake This because that's my website, jakethis.com. Yeah. And I thought, like, well, that's what it should be. You your thing. And but I instead, people gotten, search your name. and Right. Uh, when you look up the Sarah Schaefer, the actual Sarah Schaefer spelled my way, she's private, first of all, because I think she realized, like, oh, God, I've got this female comic. Like, <laughs> that's my name. But she joined in 2009. Like, I could have gotten it at any yeah. point, and I just never thought Well, it would be great if you could trade with her or if Twitter had some way you to, can. like, hey, I think can you I? can... Um, you can contact the person and like usually they want money yeah know? but uh yeah T- twitter will if you're powerful enough twitter will let you if you're powerful enough yeah. why don't they throw donald trump off twitter i don't seriously he violates the rules sometimes he does targeted abuse <laughs> i just feel like it yeah yeah I, and i feel like it's not good for our country i feel like it really isn't he it's needs a, a different nightmare. way 
needs a different way. It is craziness. Anyway, I, I shouldn't have said that right at the end. This was such a nice. Uh, <laughs> this was a nice conversation. Thank yes, you for coming and being for on. Me. And uh, do you want to go eat? Yeah. Let's go eat. Okay. All right. I like to end with a high five. Yeah. Solid. Talk <laughs> into the machine, please. I'm talking. I can't hear you unless you talk into the machine. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot say too many things for sure, but I can say that Sarah Schaefer is a funny, nice person. And you should check her out on Twitter and give her some love. Uh, be nice to her because she is, she's a really nice person and she's doing her best and she's trying to help us do our best too. So let's try and do our best. Let's not give up. There'll be plenty of time to give up later. Let's be nice to each other. We're all in this together, all of us, even the people who we disagree with. And, uh, and let's, just, let's just try and make tomorrow better than today. Now, that's pretty Pollyannish. But I, I really want you to try. Just try. Maybe you had a shitty day today, so it's going to be easy. In that case, cut yourself some slack and coast through tomorrow. Just, just take it easy because it's got to be better than today. But if you had a pretty great day today, then the pressure's on for tomorrow. So I don't know what to tell you then. Maybe also coast. Maybe don't put too much pressure on yourself. Yesterday was great. Maybe the way to make today great is just take it easy a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a guru. I'm not a life coach. I'm not your parents. I'm not your best friend. I'm not your lover. We're not. We're. I'm just a person, and you're just a person. We're trying to make the best of this and get through it. So thank you for listening. Thank you so much to Sarah for coming over, and I'm looking forward to being more friends with Sarah and her lovely boyfriend, Scott, uh, because I really enjoyed their company. And so, uh, so maybe you'll be hearing from all of it. Oh, gosh. This is getting ridiculous i got to get out of here. I've only had one sip of beer. Can you believe it? I know it's been an hour to you, but I just took a sip of beer and then went right, right to the end and then recorded this. Now I'm going to go drink the rest of this beer. That's a good idea, bad idea. I don't know. I can't tell you. But I'm going through with it. I'm going through with it. It's nighttime where I am, so I'm just going to do this, and then I'm going to relax, and I'm going to go to bed. You're nice people. Thank you. Bye.